we see something happen like this massive earthquake in Turkey and Syria, I think the reaction of, you know, the average Canadian like you or me is to think, well, how can we help? Oh, can I donate? What do they need? But there are other people who can go above and beyond that, people who have skills that are desperately needed in situations like this, whether it's search and rescue teams or, as we're going to learn about, uh, doctors. There are Canadian medical assistant teams that have responded to Ukraine and to Haiti, where they go to the area and focus on anything they can do. So joining us now to talk more about this is Dr. Anthony Fong, who's the director of Canadian medical assistant teams. Dr. Fong, thank you for being here. Morning, Simi. Great to be here. So tell me about the type of work that this team does. So uh, Canadian Medical Assistance Teams is a volunteer-run organization. Um, We provide medical response teams to basically disaster settings, and those could be natural disasters or they could be, um, you know, human-made disasters, as we saw in Ukraine last year. And uh, in particular, our teams provide primary care. So think emergency medicine, family doctors, uh, nurses, paramedics. And uh, our main job is to stabilize and refer patients that uh, need care uh, elsewhere, such as to hospitals. So when you see something unfolding like what we see in Turkey and Syria, uh, what happens at that point? Well, CMAT is very concerned about the health and well-being about the the Turkish and, and Syrian people. And what happens is... Um, basically a host country that is affected by disaster makes a call out to the UN, basically. And there's an office called the Office uh, of Coordination for Humanitarian Affairs. And basically they coordinate all sectors of response. So the health sector, for example, is taken care of by the WHO. And uh, right now the call out has been to mostly uh, urban search and rescue teams, as well as field hospitals. Um, But there's been, as of yet, no call for international medical teams to run field clinics, which is what our team does best. Okay, and so how how do you get there? I just imagine the logistics of making this work, Dr. Fong, must be incredibly challenging in situations like that. Yes, so there are so many uh, concerns we have with this like an earthquake setting, because there are so many hazards. So what typically happens is that if uh, a field clinic or a field hospital is given the green light to deploy, we basically send an assessment team of two to four people over. And this team does a multi-sector assessment. So we take a look at, um, do they have clean water? Um, Is there food insecurity? How is the general security of the situation? Is there any violence uh, or potential for violence? And are there any hazards with the working area, such as, you know, probably will happen here with uh, debris and rubble that has to be cleared and buildings at threat of collapse? Right. So I understand, like, this is work that you've done in Ukraine. How does this work then? So do doctors volunteer for this? Can any doctor volunteer? So any, we're looking for doctors, nurses, paramedics, interpreters in in specific languages such as Turkish, Kurdish, and Arabic. And we've already sent a call out to volunteers. Um, people can also help out by donating. So, um, you know, I've heard of, uh, for example, a, a drive for supplies and clothing um, that's happening in Vancouver. Uh, kind of in East East Vancouver. And I've also heard of calls out on social media for ways to donate. 
um, as well as the government of Canada has put a call out to to donate as well. Okay. And so how does this work? So you send somebody in for two weeks or four weeks? How long is somebody expected to go and help out? So if uh, Canadian medical assistance teams does deploy, we typically send out a team of about 12 to 15 uh, volunteers to deploy for rotations of about two weeks. And for example, we were in Ukraine last year for four months, uh, rotating people in and out. Um, The people who coordinate this, like the main logistics people, sometimes they stay a bit longer, but we find that two weeks is in a disaster setting tends to be enough for many, many people. I could imagine. Yeah. Dr. Fung, why do you do this? Why do you find this rewarding? Well, I just find there's, there's very few things more gratifying than answering a call for help. And this is really the grand scale of things when it comes to helping out in, um, in a health capacity. So when people really call for help and say, we need more health services, um, please come to our country and help us. We're there to answer that call. And where can we help then? Well, I, I think the main thing is to uh, really watch out for calls for donations. So, for example, uh, you can go to cmat.ca and we have a call for donations. And those will all, whether we deploy or not, those go to uh, donations to the country um, or direct medical care. And also there are many other ways to help, such as, you know, donating to other NGOs, uh, clothing drives. Um, I've donated to NGOs in in United States as well as in Turkey. So, right. uh, but so CMAT, donating however you can. CMAT.ca, we can get more information there. That's correct. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you, Simi. That's Dr. Anthony Fong, who's a Canadian director of Canadian Medical Assistant Teams. Uh, this is a great organization. You can find out more at cmat.ca. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone. And for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.